Time to get serious, apparently, about this team's worst, ugliest shortcoming. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. The same place you found this. Hope you'll check those out. Jerry Olsavsky is out as the official inside linebackers coach. I'll explain that in a bit. And Aaron Curry has been hired. Curry had spent the past four seasons in Seattle. He was the Seahawks' assistant defensive line slash defensive ends coach. He also was a not-so-long-ago prized draft pick, number four overall in the class of 2008 out of Wake Forest. That did not go well for him, his NFL career flaming out in a big hurry. He, too, was a linebacker. And it would certainly look like his arrival in Pittsburgh at this time in this role isn't a coincidence in any way, shape, or form. Let's start in order. Brian Flores leaves, becomes the D.C. with the Vikings. Good for him. Whatever. Job well done. Whatever, however much he did or didn't contribute here, and that's always going to be up for debate because those aren't the kinds of things that – a, Mike Tomlin allows to get out. B, Tomlin really defines very clearly even in the moment. He wants everybody pitching in. He wants all ideas on the table, all voices to be heard. Flores was one of them. Two, the loss of Flores left the Steelers without their actual inside linebackers coach. Because, and not to be mean here because he's been through a lot over the last couple of years personally, but Olsavsky wasn't that guy. Olsavsky was uh, in his role with the Steelers for a long time, including his playing days. That diligent worker guy who was always there, who was arranging things, who was making sure that things went smoothly, but wasn't necessarily your ace instructor, wasn't your main guy in working with that specific positional group. That's why when Flores came in, he was given that unusual title where he was, I don't even remember it now, some special assistant to the regional manager, Dwight Schrute, whatever it was. But he also was tasked with focusing on the inside linebackers. Now, add on to all of that, that Flores is gone, Olsavsky has gone. In all likelihood, Devin Bush is gone. Now we're getting into the room. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. We don't know about Miles Jack. He is due $14 million this coming season. One would think that that's got to be negotiable in some form, either through an extension or, you know, who knows, you know, even letting him go. Robert Spillane is already, or he's going to be whenever it becomes that season, a free agent. And Mark Robinson, with all due respect to that freakish athleticism and closing ability that he's got, 
showed us pretty convincingly, I'd say, in that Cleveland game, the finale game, that he's got a long ways to go to be challenging for some kind of starting duty in the middle of your defense. Meaning in terms of overall polish, awareness, pass coverage, that sort of thing. So, to put it another way, we don't know a blessed thing about this position. We don't know a thing about it. Other than that this new gentleman from the Pacific Northwest is going to be in charge of it. That's it. That's all we've got. We might not even know until months. Because if you think about what's involved in preparing for the draft, signing free agents, seeing what deals you can work out with a couple of guys that you've got that I've already mentioned in Jack and Spillane, and then trying to put together the right cast before you get to the draft, because that's how the Steelers have always done things. You don't want to go into any draft with some great big hole that forces your hand. That's a terrific way to make sure that you're going to make a bad decision, you know, because you're going to lean toward your need just as human nature. And especially with your early picks, you shouldn't be doing that. But my goodness, overall, this makes for a pretty uh, intriguing time at this position. Feels like that's been a recurring story. Because it has. Ever since Ryan Shazier's injury, the Steelers have been lost. They've just been lost. They've made moves. They've made big moves. They've spent money. They traded up, not to rub this in, to get Bush. Everyone was in favor of it at the time. Bush had a promising rookie season. I don't know that anybody thought he was going to be Shazier, including Bush himself. But he he was on the football. He was aggressive. He showed that sideline-to-sideline coverage ability. He showed that he could at least cover some of what Shazier had offered. Then the knee injury happens. Then other players try to play the position and can't. And then Vince Williams, an old-school linebacker in a new-school league, decided he was going to call it quits shortly before a couple of seasons ago. And here we are, all these years later, still, still trying to piece this together. Maybe it is good that there's a new, fresh set of eyes on this situation. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Brian, who says, Hey, DK, you mentioned on the Wednesday show that George Pickens is likely growing and developing more during this offseason. Can you tell us what the relationship is between the Steelers and their players like Pickens during any offseason? Would they send them home with a conditioning plan, personal trainers, recommended diets? How much interaction is common and permitted? Brian, I can tell 
very easily that you're a fan of other sports, maybe more than football. And I say that respectfully because you'd have to know a lot about the other sports to have been citing some of these examples that actually don't apply to football, certainly not to the Steelers. I'll be specific. If you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, there's an excellent chance you live year-round in and around, you know, Pittsburgh. Most of the players' work, not all of them, most of them, still takes place on the south side. If the team's headquarters over there were open to media year-round and they're not, I'd be able to walk in there and see probably half the team, meaning this week. Uh, they're they're all floating in and around. They're working uh, out of, you know, what's obviously an elite world-class weight room. They're doing it under supervision of people they know and trust. They're eating food in the cafeteria that they know they can trust. And yes, to answer the last question, the very last part of the last question that you had there, they're permitted to do it. Contact is permitted. If the coaches want to work with the players, it just can't be anything formal. It can be, let's talk about this, or if you have questions for me, I'm here. It's not like they're forbidden from communicating, you know, old school NCAA recruiting rules. Uh, it's nothing like that. They're adults. If they want to call the Steelers or they want to meet with somebody associated with the Steelers or even just talk to them in the hallway, they're free to do that. Now, not all NFL players, as I indicated, do this. I'll give you somebody from another team that actually leaps out into my mind as an example, and that's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, of course, the Penn Hills kid, Central Catholic High School graduate, Pitt graduate, and now, of course, a future first ballot Hall of Famer with the Rams. He lives in Pittsburgh, right downtown, actually, and he and he donated a million dollars a couple of years ago to have the Aaron Donald weight room dedicated to his beloved university over there, and Pitt trains there. It's the Aaron Donald weight room. Big signs, too. So he, he kind of gets the best of both worlds in that he gets to be where he wants to be, uh, meaning in Pittsburgh and not in L.A., and he gets to and he gets to work and train with people that he trusts, kind of like what I was talking about just now with the Steelers, and he's got a lot, a lot of money, <laughs> okay? So he can make decisions like that. Most NFL players don't. So they stay close. That's the best answer I can give you. They're free to go anywhere that they want, but they know how calendars work. They know what the NFL calendar is and what the Steelers' expectations can fairly be of them at a certain date. And if you're not in NFL shape by about, oh, now you're going to be in trouble come the first OTA session, and you're really going to be behind it come Latrobe. Uh, for the most part, most NFL athletes will tell you they take about a month off. It can depend on the position, but really, th these guys are they're, they're naturally attuned towards staying in shape anyway. It's just a matter of staying in NFL shape. That's a Tomlinism right there that most people don't get to hear. But yeah, they can talk, they can recommend, they can review... But it's all got to be voluntary 
on the athlete's part. I appreciate the question. It's a good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.